Welcome to the Transformational Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Anam. My mission is to help you lead more effectively and be an agent of positive change in times of disruption. On this podcast, we interview practitioners and leadership experts and have coaching exercises that you can apply immediately to your work challenges. Together, we learn how to achieve success and create workplaces in a world that work better for all. Today, my guest is Simon Brown. Simon is Chief Learning Officer for Novartis, a leading global medicine company based in Switzerland that's focused on reimagining medicine. He's also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, The Curious Advantage. He's leading the strategy for Novartis to go big on learning in support of the company-wide culture transformation to become curious, inspired, and unbossed. Wow, I want to hear more about this unbossed thing. <laughs> Over the last year, the Novartis team have picked up multiple learning awards for their work to develop the 108,000 associates at Novartis. Welcome to the show, uh, Simon. I'm so excited to have you. Great to be here, Hannah. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, yeah. So just uh, the unbossed piece is something I'm really curious about because, as you know, I spent... 13 years of my career at Novartis. And at that point in time, it was not an unbossed company. So <laughs> I'm really curious about this culture transformation that you're helping to steward. So let's start with the basics. What's your role as chief learning officer? Yeah, so I'm responsible for all of our learning across the company. So we have about a thousand people involved in our learning community around the world to make sure that we're building the skills that uh, we need across all 108,000 associates and also 50,000, 60,000 externals that work with us as well. So across the team, we make sure that they are building the skills and the knowledge that they need for us to be able to work towards reimagining medicine and ultimately impacting about 800 million patients uh, around the world. Wow. And how many countries are you all in, Simon? 100 plus countries. So uh, most of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big impact. And tell me what inspires you about this role? For me, it's around being able to make a difference, uh, both at a a personal level for every one of our associates who give them the opportunity to be able to actually build the skills that they need to make themselves successful within their role. But then also for the organization in terms of being able to build the skills that we need to deliver against the Novartis strategy. So whether that's data and digital, whether that's operational excellence, whether that's scientific or medical skills, if we're building skills faster, then it means ultimately we're going to be able to uh, perform better, which means ultimately getting more medicines to the right people quicker. So that's what what gives me my my energy and um, the passion that uh, gives me the ability to, I guess, do what I do every day. So. Yeah. And so one thing I'm really curious about is in this time of disruption, it's so important, this notion of becoming curious, inspired and unbossed, right? Mm-hmm. Because things are a lot less predictable than they used yes. to be. And I'm curious about from a learning perspective, what is it, you know, there's obviously like functional learning that people need mm-hmm. to have technical learning, but from a culture perspective and a leadership learning perspective, what are you all doing around helping people be curious, inspired and unbossed? 
Yeah, so ma- many different aspects to it. I guess maybe starting with with uh, inspired, curious, and embossed to, to start with. So you know, why, why are we doing that? So we believe that you know that will be able to um, give us the best chances of success within that mission to reimagine medicine. That if we have people who are inspired to bring their best to work every day, that they have the energy to be able to fulfil their own personal purpose, then that will set us up well. From a curiosity perspective, if people are motivated to learn, if they're uh, encouraged to ask questions and find better ways and experiment and test things out. And from an unbossed perspective that we believe that it's not down to the leader to have all of the answers, that actually the, the leader's role is to bring the best out from the team. And that if you're creating a culture or an environment of psychological safety where people can speak up and if you've got diverse teams then you're going to end up with a, a much better outcome than just one person saying you know this is how it should be and so that that cultural aspiration around inspired curious and unbossed is what we're working towards and we're on that journey and there's a lot that we're we're doing to try to get there so just take the, the leadership aspect so we have what we call our unbossed leadership experience, which we're rolling out across uh, across our managers and leaders uh, in order to be able to equip them with the skills to to be an unbossed leader. Um, mm. And that starts with you know, elements of self discovery of you know what's holding us back, what are the, the the reasons that we do some of the things that we do, and understanding those so we can then better support our teams. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I look forward to learning more about that journey. But I have to tell you. I spent a fair amount of time in Basel, Switzerland, when I was working for Novartis, Simon. And I don't think that any visit to Basel was complete without me being told off by somebody (laughs) (laughs) because I wasn't following some kind of a rule. (laughs) And it was like, usually I was jaywalking or something. And and I remember like just always being told off by somebody because I wasn't following a rule. So I'm really curious how the Swiss culture and unbossed would work together, but I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to learning. (laughs) Steve seems to be working so far. (laughs) Great. So, In my book, uh, Wired for Disruption, I talk about the importance of learning agility, Simon. Mm. And in your book, which you've just got a new book out called The Curious Advantage, uh, you talk about the importance of curiosity. So um, can you share more about what makes curiosity learning and especially unlearning, which is what Mm -hmm. I talk about in learning agility, you know, this letting go of old assumptions? Yeah. Why is that particularly critical in these times? And and I and then I, I would love to hear from you about like how do you really create that learning culture? Mm, yeah. Um, so maybe starting with you know why now and in a way why focus a book on curiosity now as well and, and why you covered it within your book. And the, the view is the the world is getting faster. That I think we all feel it. Um, you know, every every day that um, things seem to be speeding up. And when we look at some of the research around skills in particular, we we see this is the case. So, about uh, well, research from Gartner showed that nineteen percent of the skills that we all have today will be irrelevant in three years time so nearly 20 percent of the skills that we rely on every day be irrelevant in three years time Uh, also over a third of people have learned a new to world skill in the last three years so a new to world skill being something that that didn't exist before throw in then that the the length of time for skills is is reducing so they talk about the half-life of skills being five years Um, so if you learn a skill today in five years time half of that will be irrelevant 10 years time will all be irrelevant that research was done actually back in 2011 
and that more and more, the, when people look at it more recently, finding that that time is, is reducing, reducing, and reducing. And I think that's where you made reference to unlearning that uh, it becomes important to you know, learn learn the new skills, but there may be certain things that we we need to unlearn as well. So, in order to to remain competitive uh, in that sort of fast moving environment, we need to be getting great at learning those those new skills, and we need to create that culture where people are encouraged and motivated to be able to build that skills and knowledge. Because if we don't do that, we'll be bringing ideas that are five years old, 10 years old, that and they may have made us successful then. But if we apply those principles today, the world has moved on and we may be actually doing more harm than good um, in applying some of those principles. So, so therefore, curiosity, we see, is the, the motivation that actually drives us to be uh, undertaking that, that constant learning. Mm-hmm. And in your book... There's, I don't know if you did any research on this, but there are some people who are just naturally curious Mm, um, and there are others. So my question is, can curiosity be learned? Is that um, a skill that one can develop? Because I'm, I'm thinking about everybody listening here in this, into the podcast. And, you know, if they don't happen to be working for Novartis that is actually creating this kind of culture and encouraging it, what do they do for themselves? Yeah, so um, we we do look at it in the book. So um, I think generally we believe we're, we're born curious. So I have two children. Uh, if you look at young children, then you know when they're born, curious about everything. Uh, but then as parents, we, we we almost sort of train them out of it, and sometimes for good reason. You know, but that's hot. Don't touch that. Or you know that's poisonous. Don't touch. Don't eat that. Or whatever. So some of that is for good reason. But sometimes we we also do it from also you know we're exhausted and it's the, the the third or fourth time they've asked why on something and you know it's just that's the way it is you know stop asking why so i think that the research says we're at our most curious probably about four years old you know, as, as we get older maybe that curiosity wanes a bit in many organizations people aren't encouraged to be curious so you join a new organization you start questioning why it's done like that and the answer is you know that's just how it is done around here you know don't ask why you know just just get on follow the process don't don't question so uh, in the past that's served companies very well because it's been very process driven repetitive if we look back to the industrial revolution manufacturing and things that you wanted people who would just repeat over and over and over again yeah it was all about efficiency optimizing exactly. for efficiency and time yeah yeah if, if people did things differently you know that broke the process and, and it, it didn't work but the world we all live in today there's so much ambiguity that there isn't a clear answer there's not in in so many things a single sort of step by step follow step one follow step two stop, follow step three that it's particularly in, in knowledge workers, but in, in so many industries, there, there just isn't a clear answer. And therefore, we need people who are curious, who can go through lots of different options, can experiment, can test, can try things out, can learn from failure. Uh, and that curiosity is what will give us the, the way forward. And so I think that's that's why it becomes so important now and why through the research we did, we actually came up with a model for how you can build curiosity as a skill because we believe it can be learnt. And we came up with what we call our seven C's of curiosity, which is a model that you can follow to actually be more curious and build your curiosity muscle. Yeah. So I'd love for uh, for you to share what the seven C's are. Yep, absolutely. Very happy to. So, so it starts with context. So the first C is context. So understanding the context that you're in and understanding the context of what it is that you want to be curious about. Because if you don't understand the context, you may completely misjudge what you're seeing around you. Uh, second is around community. So who are the people who can help you in your journey to be curious? So who are the experts? Who are the guides? Who are the challengers who can uh, challenge your way of thinking? 
and your community will help you to establish knowledge around what it is that you're curious about. The third step then is curation, because you have all of this information, but which of it is actually relevant for the thing that you're, you're most curious about. After you've gone through uh, curation, you've narrowed it down to the things that are important. You need to then add your own creativity. So that's, you know, what are the creative questions that you can ask? So what is it you're wondering about? You know, what is it you're asking why about? Creativity is great, but if you don't put those questions into action, then you don't get anywhere. So actually, we, we link uh, creativity with our, our next C, which is around construction, which is putting it into action. So experimentation, testing things out uh, and trying things, that, that construction element. That then gives us some results. And so the next C is, our, is criticality. So looking back at those results and really being critical around what did we learn? Uh, maybe what biases did we bring as well? So you know, was it confirmation bias that we're seeing what we want to see? And, and so applying that critical lens to what we're seeing. And then if going through that process at the end of that, you get to the seventh C, which is confidence, that we found that actually through the process of being curious, that that can build your confidence. And confidence is arguably, it's the seventh C, but it's almost the starting one as well, because when you build that confidence, you can go back through the cycle then, almost in a virtuous circle, and be bolder in, in what you're being curious about, ask even bolder questions, bigger questions. And so there's, yeah, there's that virtuous circle then of, of the confidence uh, inspiring you to be more curious. Yeah, I love that because there, it is virtuous, right? It's a circle. That's the HC. Yep. It's yes. a circle. <laughs> exactly. Right? Right. Absolutely. You rinse and repeat. You keep doing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, what advice do you have? So, the future of work will continue to be disruptive, right? Mm-hmm. I, yep. I love some of these stats that you shared, and it was also scary. Yes, 20% of our skills will be obsolete. In 10 years, all of our skills might be obsolete. So from a from the perspective of folks that are listening in, what advice do you have for them for their own learning? If their organization isn't as learning or curiosity focused, what is the a small step that you'd recommend for them to take first um, so that they can be more prepared for that future of work uh, and being relevant in that future of work? So uh, I guess probably two parts of that. So so one would be if, if you're looking to, to be building skills, then you know, identifying what are the, the, the going to be the most valuable skills for you to learn. And what we identified in the book was, you know, not all skills are equal from that sense. So soft skills or what we talk about in there actually more as power skills likely today have a much longer shelf life than our technical skills. Yeah. So if we're going to invest um, 50 hours in learning a new skill, you know, do I, do I want to learn a technical skill that maybe actually in two or three years' time will have moved on? If I want to learn cloud computing, you know, in three years' time, cloud computing is going to be very different to three to, to what cloud computing is today. Whereas if I if I invest in my communication skills or my storytelling skills or something like that, those are power skills which will be enduring uh, and will last much longer. So uh, looking at skills through that lens of actually, you know, what, what I'm going to learn, how long is that going to actually last me may lead you to a different decision on where you should invest that time. That's not to say that technical skills aren't hugely valuable and we need them. Um, so that I don't want, don't want to send that message. But, you know, that time invested, uh, certain skills will have a, a much longer life. And then I guess the other, the other piece in, in terms of just broadly more more being curious, I think it starts somewhere is is the, uh, the sort of lesson there that um, however small, uh, just start on, on the journey of choosing something that you're curious about. 
and then you know work through the seven C's model. So you know, investigate that, understand that, find your community. Who are the people that can help you in understanding that more? And then as you you work through, you start to ask questions. You know, start to try things out, test out some ideas, um, and that can be in a very very small way. But uh, that will then build your confidence to to then go through and, and learn more. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I really like that model. And it reminds me of the experiment to grow model that's in my in my book uh-huh. um, that is about growth agility. So one of the five agilities that I talk about in the book is certainly learning agility. But the other agility that I talk about is growth agility and this experimenting yeah. to grow and then, you know, using that, obviously, to build your confidence for the next experiment that you want yes. to do. Yeah, that, that makes really great, great sense. One thing that that you talked about earlier is tolerance for failure, right? Mm, so many yes. large, so many of the large organizations, why curiosity often fails and learning doesn't happen is because of our lack of tolerance for failure. Particularly when you're talking, you know, I know at Novartis having worked there, these are, you know, millions of dollars that we're investing oftentimes, you know, in clinical trials and, and other kinds of things. Talk about that and how do we grow our own personal tolerance for failure and take risks, right? And then how do organizations create that culture? Yeah, so that's a key part of our our principle around Unbossed is to create that psychological safety for people to be able to speak up, but also to be able to try things out uh, and to be able to fail. That ultimately, if you're if you're innovating, you will be failing. It's it's the two will go hand in hand. If if you're not failing, then you're not innovating enough. You're not pushing the boundaries enough because mm. not everything is going to be you know, absolutely successful. And um, we actually did some research to look at the impact that our leaders have around. Around engagement and curiosity. And what we found was if someone rates their manager favorable versus if they rate their manager unfavorable, then not surprisingly, that has a, an impact upon engagement. And what we found was actually there's an 18 point difference in, a, um, in the engagement of a team, depending on whether the team found or rated their manager favorable or unfavorable. But where we found the, the greatest impact was actually in curiosity. And there was a 22 point difference in uh, curiosity. And that makes sense because if you've got a manager who isn't supportive, then you know someone uh, asks a question you know, if you come down on them you know that's a stupid question don't ask that you're not going to then ask another question uh, and if you try something and and it doesn't work and your manager then uh, you know gives you a hard time for that or, or you know there's consequences of that failure then you're going to play it safe from then on. And if, if you're in an organization that needs innovation, you don't want people to be constantly playing it safe. You need to be trying out new things in the right way uh, in order to be able to push the boundaries and find new ways um, and learn then from things that don't work to then be able to find the things that do. So that role of a manager is, is absolutely critical in creating that psychological safety yeah, and then I mean, you know, getting that role modeling to, uh, to, to really be able to show that. Yeah, that's that's such a strong foundation, right? Because it starts yeah. with one manager and one team. Yeah. And that multiplied over thousands of teams is what creates an organizational culture. And this notion of like you as the individual manager, what kind of psychological safety are you creating for your people is a key enabler to creating a, a culture that is uh, unbossed yeah, um, exactly. in many ways. That's beautiful. So one of the things I often say is that um, transformational leaders are often driven by a sense of deep purpose and mission. 
And, and I'm, you've spent your, almost your entire career in learning, haven't you? And I'm, yes. I'm curious about like, you know, what is that for you and, and what makes you so passionate about learning? Was there a pivotal experience that you went through or um, was there a crucible experience that was a time of challenge? What makes yeah. you so, so driven and, and passionate about learning? So it is over over twenty years, scarily, of um, of working in the learning field. Uh, I actually got into it. I started my life as an accountant and uh, got involved in doing um, interactive CD-ROM presentations around accounting regulations. And uh, it almost seems like the antithesis of exactly (laughs) all these standards and rules you have to go by. Can't get curious. Exactly, (laughs) experiment with your books. <laughs> yeah, it was a standard operating procedure 97-2 on software revenue recognition. I still still remember it 20 years later. <laughs> so maybe I learned something from it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was then the use of technology for learning essentially that uh, that excited me. Um and I came up with various ideas around how that technology could be used for, for the organization and then found that there was a team already starting to play with using technology for learning. And that was where I made the switch and uh, I've stayed in learning ever since. And uh, for me, it's the opportunity to, to make a difference, as I mentioned earlier, around a sort of at a personal level for people to really help them to develop and you know, make the most uh, of things. And then for the organization to, to really be able to realize the organization's goals as well. And I've never really thought that much about purpose until three, three or four years ago, we had a situation where through some of the, the work that we were doing, there was a, a potential risk that maybe medicines wouldn't actually be able to leave one of our manufacturing sites. And the impact that that could have suddenly got me thinking, wow, actually, this, some of this is actually life and death situations that we have here. And therefore, you know, suddenly that really created a sense of purpose for me that actually, you know, an element around learning admin um, actually could have an impact on people's lives or, you know, the lives of people's children or family members or whatever. And so it, I think since then, um, I've had a, a sort of new view around purpose that actually I, I want to sort of focus my efforts on things that really do make a difference. And I think um, yeah, that, that's the, the great thing about working in, a, in an organization that creates medicines is it does have that, that impact on you know, people's lives. So uh, I think that, that for me was a bit of a self-discovery uh, around my own sense of purpose. Yeah, yeah, beautiful and, and particularly pivotal in these times of COVID. Mm. Yes, where absolutely. we're trying to, you know, the world, it seems like, is counting in so many ways on the right vaccines and treatments for us to get back to a perhaps a different normal than yeah. the one we came out of, uh, but hopefully a better normal. And that, you know, sense of urgency really that you spoke about, yeah, is so relevant today. Yeah. Well, thank you, Simon. I really appreciated this conversation and the opportunity to talk about your book, The Curious Advantage. Really recommend that um, those of you that are listening in, please pick up uh, Simon's book. It might just help you really learn how to navigate with curiosity the future of work that we're all faced with. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Hannah Anam. Please rate, comment, and share our podcasts with those you care about. Be the leader who helps others grow and thrive in times of disruption. You can visit our website at www.transformleaders.tv. 
there, you'll find other great tools to grow your leadership and be a force for good in these times. Until the next time, my friends.